My name is Michelle Gold, and you're listening to Bad Personality, the podcast where I ask random men that I meet on the internet really personal questions about themselves, you know, while I'm just trying to figure out if I myself have a bad personality. Um, today, my guest, if you want to introduce yourself, you know, tell us your name. I don't know, whatever else is important. Don't tell us stuff that you don't want us to know. All right. My name is Tyler. I am a content developer, creator, uh, content human being. That is my current profession, although that's just how I define myself for the moment while I'm in that profession. Um, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm currently living in Beverly Hills. Um, I'm in my late 20s and uh, I am a sad, lonely human being. I love it. You know, some great information. You want to give us your social security number too? No. Okay. You know, I thought I'd ask. Okay. So, you know, you were telling me that you, um, you've dealt with like a lot of, you know, influencers and like, you know, toxic LA influencers. Like I actually, I lived in Orange for a little bit. I went to Chapman for like a year. Oh, really? So That's like, you know, I get, hunt. really, so I like, I get, you know, the, I get the California energy. I did not yeah. like it. How, why I ended up back at BU or at mm-hmm. BU. Um, so I want to know, I want to know a little bit about these influencers. You have any juicy tea for us? How did you like get into this lifestyle of working with these influencers? Um, it was kind of indirect. I, I started working for a brand that um, deals with a lot of authors and in the same vein, I end up meeting a lot of people who are teachers or instructors and not in like the school sense, just like more like coaches, you know, online uh, coach type people. Uh, What I used to think of as the realm that I'm now in is like how uh, fitness people are on Instagram. They just all have a huge following and every post that they post is like motivational. It's like, you got to get out there and do the thing. You got to be positive. You got to be happy. You got to be sexy. And now I'm realizing that that's actually just a massive realm of human beings. Like that is just anybody who wants to be like an online business personality. They'll do that in their own niche. And through working with like authors and people who, I mean, these are also, these are like entrepreneurs and business people, you know, Um, I've just met a lot of people who sort of fall into that category of, I don't know, obnoxious influencer, like, you know, they think they're hot shit because they have a small, medium social media following. And then well, like, so the, so like the influencers that you work with, like, what's their industry, like authors? No, their industry is being an influencer. Um, Their industry is anything from like what kind it, okay sorry it, i mean ahead. it's that's the, that's kind of the problem itself is that it's like it's like meta influencerism it's it's i mean they are in all kinds of different industries but mostly the people that i encounter they're there's they're sort of like micro influencers is one term that you might use but they're yeah. the the term that they prefer to refer to themselves like mostly is like they're entrepreneurs and they their biggest thing that they flaunt is their entrepreneurism. Like they talk about how they have started companies and they've, you know, succeeded as business people. And then they, they no longer like have those businesses or like our business people. They're now selling themselves as consultants and as coaches and that like they're doing courses um, and they're, you know, they're teaching other people how to do what they did. So they're quite literally like influencing others how to be like them. And there are just right. so, so many of these people. So they're kind of like the kind of person that like in the olden days, they would like go to hotels and like have seminars about like, yeah, this I is mean, how you be successful. They, or they still do, do that. that. Yeah, that, okay. yeah, exactly. And they love those exact people. I don't know if you know any of the names. I'm not going to get into them because it's not worth it. But they, they're obsessed with those people of yore who did those things at hotels and have those like giant seminars. They're just like mm-hmm. those people, smaller scale and like you know, how, like what's their scale? Like a hundred K less than a hundred K. Um, honestly, I've met uh, a huge variance, but a hundred K is, you know, probably like around the average between 50 and like 200 K is like 
what I would say if, you know, if I'm, you know, pre-COVID, if I'm at like a random event, sort of like networking or even like at the office where I used to work, which was literally like a, a mansion in California, on any given day, I would meet like a couple people with, you know, that many followers on Instagram, for instance. And it's usually just Instagram. It's not much else other than that. Right. I mean, like, so. like, obviously, like, I don't have 100,000 followers on Instagram. I would like to, you know, if you can tell me how to do that. That'd be great, you know. Really, I can, you know, and I'll sell you a course that costs four hundred ninety-seven dollars <laughs> to do it. Well, I mean, like a hundred thousand, right? Like, yeah, like it's a lot for someone who you know doesn't have a thousand followers. Yeah. Well, like in like the grand scheme of influencing, like Kylie Jenner has a hundred million followers, so like a hundred thousand yeah. is like you know it's not much, but it's still make a lot of money. Like I know a girl from school who has like a hundred thousand followers, and then she says that she gets like paid like a thousand dollars for a post and I'm like wow yeah no, I would it, love it, that life you you make a living just by having I mean you can make a living just by having like ten thousand even that's kind of the right that that's what this all breaks down to the whole industry that I'm in it's like online digital marketing once you have a following you can very easily finagle that into you know streams of income in many many different ways even if it's just like right. ten to twenty thousand followers that's kind of the whole point of this is like as soon as you have a following yeah. you have a living basically that's what I want I, I would like that I think what I would need to do, I've like, you know, I've thought about like, oh, like how realistically, cause right, like I'm an advertising major. So, you know, mm -hmm. realistically, I'm like, how would I like really like jack myself up to like get like a lot of followers and right, you know, like there's a whole like, oh, like, you know, you post every day, like blah, 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 like whatever those kind of things. But yeah. I really think what I would need to do is um, get a boob job. And then I think I would get the followers. I mean, that's, that is one pathway that yeah. scientifically has proven to succeed. Um, I mean, but, if you're from California, you probably know better than I do about the cost. I'm of not from California. Job. Oh, I'm you're from not? Rhode Island. Yeah. Oh, I love Rhode Island. I spent a lot of time there. Um, well, then you probably don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I know do, much oh, about no, I do know like the average, like cost of like boob jobs, like, you know, I think average is like 6,000, but like, I'd say like probably like a 10,000 ballpark, like, you know, could be like 4,000, could be 10,000. I think that's a pretty decent investment. You know, if, if you yeah. have a specific brand that you're going for, then, you know, absolutely. I would support yeah, that. Yeah. And like, I've like seen like lots of like people in different jobs where they're like, I make so much more money once I had them. Yeah. And another thing that I've learned, I haven't learned how to do this, but I've learned how to tell other people to do it is that you always get other people to, uh, you, you never spend your own money effectively ever if possible. Um, and instead, you know, get somebody else to you know cover your investments, if you will. And I'm sure there are plenty of ways to convince right. somebody else to pay for your boob job. I know. I'm that's, I guess, I mean, the sugar daddy route, I guess is one way. Yeah, I mean, um, probably just enough tries on Bumble. If you just ask like 10,000 guys, like, Hey, I'm going to get a boob job. I'm sure like one of them will be like, I'll give you 5,000 maximum. And you'll just be like, okay. Like I like I mean you're right I should do that honestly so you know I don't know how much you know about boob jobs but there's like two different types or there's many different types but like mainly there's one that's like silicone which is like mm -hmm. you know the the better kind of version it's like squishy whatever and then there's saline which is like a water balloon but like it's still mm -hmm. like if it's like under you know if you have enough fat and it's under it then like you shouldn't be able to feel it but like the silicone's better but you have to be 22 to get silicone and I'm not 22. Interesting is that like a right. why, why do you have to be a certain age is that like a a health-based like, thing or like an autonomy-based thing? It's like, like an a, FDA thing. I think, well, I think it's just like the, or the company or some, the FDA, whatever. I don't know. It was like, how, it was just for warranty because I think it's like the silicone lasts longer. And then every year there's like a 1% chance of um like rupturing. So like every year you have an added 1% 1 chance. 1%? If, right. if you live 50 years with that, that means that there's a coin flip chance of your boobs exploding. Well, you like have to get them. You're supposed to get them replaced every 10 years. 
So if you live 10 years with them, there's a one in 10 chance that your boobs are going to explode. Right. But well, like the thing is, so with the silicone then too, like that's why they just, so obviously if they just like say, oh, no one under 22 can get these and they just like don't have to, you know, pay for that risk. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot less risk, but then, um, yeah, that's like pretty much the only reason. But the thing is with silicone, even if it like breaks it like, cause it's like squishy it like stays in the same place but like saline if it breaks it's like it just like leaks into your body oh geez but it's like saline so like it doesn't matter well if if either of them break do they stay in place as in like they they look the same or do they get like you know all deformed and everything um saline would just like deflate yeah like slowly deflate and then silicone it should just stay in place yeah like nothing should change but it just like it's broken does that mean that silicone is more expensive is that yeah i think so yeah i'm pretty sure silicone is more expensive Mm. Yeah, if you wanted to know that information on the boob job, <laughs> on the boob job, I'll probably never get. Well, I thought Maybe. that's why we we're having this conversation was to. I mean, set if you, you know on the anyone right who wants to pay for my boob job, let me know. You see, uh, I can give you some contact. Yeah, but give me I, the contacts. I mean, if if you can, one thing that I would advise again from my realm of work is that you get a virtual assistant to take over your Bumble account and just copy and paste the same message to as many men as you can, saying, "Hey, I'm going to get a boob job. Want to pay for it?" No, I would get blocked from Bumble. No, I would get blocked. I'd immediately get blocked. They would delete my account. Then you go to Tinder and you go to. I no, I got blocked from Tinder because you were doing that. I I was doing something else. I was like, oh, like I'll help you redo your profile for like ten dollars, and like I'll like completely like I'll write a new bio for you, tell you what pictures to use, and then I got blocked. There are other channels we can talk about. But tell me that's not a good entrepreneurial idea. Like, oh no, it's brilliant. Yeah, I know. And then Tinder blocked me. It's so rude. Like. I was a loyal Tinder user. And then you're going to block me for just for trying to make your platform better. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, at the end of the day, these are big evil corporations that don't have our interest in right. mind. <laughs> so anyways, yep. so I would like to know, like, give, tell me a story of, you know, give me a crazy influencer story. What happened? Um, tell us the name if you want. I would love for you to tell me their name. I, I'm not going to be able to do that, unfortunately. Um, you signed, did you sign an NDA? Oh, yeah. I've signed many NDAs. Ugh, okay, fine. That's that's a big part of this. Um, huh. I have, I mean, sometimes it's not even, I, like, I, I tend to avoid the actual influencers themselves as much as possible. Like, I'm at the events with them. I get the contact information, and I, you know, I, like, communicate with them, with like, remotely. Um, oh, I okay. I mean, can I... Can it be more of like a Hollywood story that's like part influencer? Yeah, I love that. I mean, you I, know, I, I feel like most Hollywood stars at this point are also influencers. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I so I I'm friends with um, Mark Wahlberg's former agent slash current like best friend. I don't really know what their relationship right? because is Boston. at the moment because Boston exactly. Um, and I, I've only met Maki Mock like once or twice, but um, we me and his friend he you know all kinds of connections. He also manages football players. Um, and there was a night when I went out with him and one of his football players and as the night wore on my friend sort of like disappeared and I was just like with the football player and a number of his friends and they were um football players now retired uh a what's the term that they use a club promoter who's just like a person who in the big cities I don't know if this even exists in Boston I kind of doubt it but like they just bring like hordes of people usually like hordes of women to the clubs and they just sort of like get in for free because they're bringing like you know women and um I was with those two and then one of the Wayans brothers was there um and then we were just like picking up other people along the way so it was just like this this squad of people that I'd never met but were like all you know reasonably famous if not in the area but like nationally pretty famous and you know a lot of the night is a bit of a blur but (laughs) it was very funny um every place that we went to we went to like seven different clubs and every single place that we went to I just 
by chance, I ended up like last in the line of, you know, us. So like they would all go in and then they'd like skip the line. We'd cut the line and the the bouncer at the door, as soon as the, the football player who's usually right in front of me got in, they would cut me off. They'd be like, all right, what are you doing? Like, you're not coming in. And it became pretty clear that it's because I was the only like non-person of color in the group. I was the only white guy in the group. And they kept mm-hmm. just like, they were like, okay, I, I don't know what you're doing here. I'd have to look over. I'd be like, hey, V, V, like, can you tell them that I'm with you? They don't believe me. And they'd just be like, all right, like you can come in. And they just like, I kept having to like, you know, call them back. And like, I felt like a, like a little brother, like a child. It was, it was very silly. Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of the night, it was it was a great night with these guys. It was a lot of fun. One of my favorite things is that the Wayne's brother, one of the guys that we picked up was a, a biochemist. And he decided to just call this guy Molecule the entire night. I don't think he even learned the guy's name. His name was Reggie, but he like never learned his name. And he just kept calling him Molecule. And we thought that was incredibly funny. I mean, he's a Wayne's brother. You got to laugh at him, I guess. And it was just, it was like, it went until like 4 a.m. You know, a lot of the night was just like kind of a blur. But the, the most upsetting thing is that I tried to like make friends with the club promoter because I wanted to like figure out like what the hell his life is like between the hours of, you know, the daytime when he's not mm-hmm. like just bringing people to clubs. And I found out that him and I go to the same gym. We, we like play basketball at the same gym in Los Angeles. And I actually saw him like the next week. I was like, yo, like, do you remember me? Like we were partying the entire night. And he just like pretended that he did not remember me at all. So like, right. I, I will never have a hope of like making it you know, as a club promoter or like ever getting into a club, skipping the line again, apparently, because I was just too uncool or whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was, but yeah, I, know I mean, like, you know, me. he just pretended he didn't. I mean, you know, if he's a club promoter, right? Like, I'm a, like, he was, he was probably drinking, presumably. Oh, yeah. But like, I was with him for hours before he was drinking. But, I, you know, like, but if he, like, if that's his every single day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess like you're, you're right. just yeah, another, you're just, just another cog. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I didn't expect much. I was, I, I don't know. I might try again next time I see him if I do, but yeah, I, I kind of expect that anybody who's not like already famous or like a very yeah. attractive woman, he's not going to like waste his time on. So. Right. See, that's why I need a boob job. Yeah. Exactly. It's all on the cards. Maybe the I need to Yeah. Um, but yeah, but like, like you were saying, you know, oh, like you were the only white person. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I thought you weren't with him. Did you think also maybe it was like your vibe? Like maybe your vibe wasn't there. Like maybe that low, like his energy, it's, just, it's not with like these other people. I mean, to me, they're, they're, that's like kind of synonymous. It's like being a white person yeah. is like, is like well, kind no, of I mean, low vibe. I mean, yeah. In, like in maybe these scenarios. Lame. Like maybe you were just kind of like lame. Like I no, mean, you, like you I don't saw like, the I don't news know, like over the last two weeks, right? Like people don't really feel great about white people right now. I mean, right. Like, no, like I don't feel great about white people. I like to pretend, pretend like, I like to erase that half of me, pretend it's not there. Um, it like kind of shines through, unfortunately. But I like to I like to bury it down. No, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, my vibe was like definitely not like I do this a lot. I had some dope sneakers on though. Like I had some expensive sneakers on, and I looked good. At the end of the day, though, like I know that I'm just like not the high energy. Like I, there's something about influencers and LA people that like if you behave the right way in the right place, like you'll just get let in. You just get accepted. Right. You just yeah. You know, and and I, like I definitely I say, don't quite have that. I say all the time. I really, I truly just believe. Like you know, you just have to be like uncomfortably confident. Yeah. Um, like I compliment myself all the time if you if you haven't already noticed you know I just and I think it makes people think I'm better at things than I am mm-hmm. I have yet to try it you know in a real situation like you know trying to get in somewhere but I kind of feel like if you just like walk in like you know you act like Paris Heldon or something and then what are they gonna do they gonna stop me no 
after I get the boob job though. <laughs> now maybe they would stop me, but like after I got the boob job, they would no doubt not stop me. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's something that is has become very, very apparent to me of late. And to be honest, like I don't always have that problem where I'm like the low vibe guy, like in my more recent life. Well, I mean, I'm still, I am like a low vibe guy, but in my more recent escapades, like just pre-COVID or like the last two years, I guess, technically, the places that I would go are much more like friendly to me. And right. You know, You're going they, to like, mm, I, what's, what's the kind of energy I'm trying to talk? Kind of like a, like a speak, like a modern day speakeasy vibe. I feel like is what you're going to, right? Like that kind of feeling where it's like, you know, not, not a club, like not like a, you know, dance music kind of thing. No, those people don't Shut like up. me either. <laughs> really? It's not that, well. I mean, I, I'm just you. I'm another schmuck when it comes out. No, the those places don't like me because they think that I am the high vibe, like goes to the club kind of guy because I'm like tall and uh, I have long hair and I'm white and I like wear tight shirts and shit like that. So I like aesthetically, I almost match that. It's it's all it's always sort of like a cognitive like. Oh, okay. So for like the club issue. vibes, you're too lame. But then for kind of like the chill people, you're like oh, like you're you're too. You're too like clubby. Too too normy. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Back in Boston, I, I had a different aesthetic and I it made a lot more sense, I think, because I was just from Boston and like I didn't have any problems there. But you just like wore a Red Sox hat and they let you in anywhere. No, I d I don't I'm not really you, like, like dropped your R's and advocate. they like you'd like, Oh yeah, come in. I like, yeah, this bar is yeah. wicked awesome. Like, yeah, okay, come in. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I just, I think I just knew a lot of people there too. The, the music that I was into, the music scene was very much like Alston. I was like an Alston rat Ugh. for years, basically. So I, you know, great Scott closed. I know. I'm very sad. I'm very upset about it. Very, aren't, very sad. Aren't they like reopening at the old Regina's Pizza or something? Uh, I don't know. I hope so. That'd be cool. I mean, that'd be good because the um, acoustics at great Scott were terrible. Yeah, they were Like the sound was not good, but the vibes were immaculate. No, the vibes are great. I, I spent a lot of weekends there and the model and I don't know where else. I don't need to reminisce. This isn't about me. It's about you. <laughs> well, it is it is about me insulting you. So, so I like I get the vibe. Like, like your vibe, like, you know, that I think is why maybe that's why I didn't like LA. Or I wasn't even in LA. Why I didn't like California. Because in California, I was like normie. Like I was like normie, like nothing special about her. Like she's not cool. But like in Boston, in New England. I'm like, oh, like she's cool. Like, you know, she's like a little, she's a little different. Yeah, I think that's so, like, sense. I want to be the cool girl. I want to be like the the cool, a cool normie, you know? Like, I can't be like too cool. There's I'm a term for this. It's normcore. You're just, really? you're so normie that you're cool. Yeah, you haven't heard well, about like, normcore. I feel like I'm not that normie, but like also maybe I'm just my, my, no, my judgment's clouded, but also like, I don't know. Not, not in terms like of personality, normal. like, like the way you dress and present yourself is like, it's very, it's normal in that it's like, you're not making any crazy fashion statements and things like that. No, I guess that's not me. Well, I mean, like, I feel like I make like, like, I really think like, if I feel confident something, it looks good. So like, I don't really care. Like I'll wear anything if I like it. But I think like what I like is at the level where people who are genuinely normie, normie will be like, wow, she's cool. But like, not to the point where I feel like it was a normie, normie person where they were like, oh, like she's weird. That's a fine line between cool and weird. And like, I'd, well, like I like really appreciate the weird people because like I can't do that. Like those, like the weird people are the people I look at and I'm like, wow, like they're cool. See, that's the thing. And that's something I learned when I went to BU is that like, I was poor. Like I grew up fucking poor, man. And going to BU, everybody's just rich as fuck. And as that soon as true, I got yes. there, I was just like, like people think of clothes and they think of 
each other and people and everything just radically differently. And I like, I, you know, small town, small, poor town, like everybody kind of just has the same worldview, didn't travel a lot and getting mm-hmm. to BU, I was like, oh my God, like that, like half this student population refuses to wear jeans. Like I, jeans for why? me are like, why, why weren't they wearing jeans? I, when I was a student there, that was just the thing. I mean, it, like everybody wore khakis. It was just like, I mean, it, it, not everybody, but like, and that was, I don't know, it seemed to almost fade as it went on. But like the number of people that didn't wear jeans was like outrageous to me. Like in my high school, if you wore jeans, you were like dressing up. Like we wore sweatpants and we wore like athletic gear every single day. So when I but got like to- like now athletic wear is cool. Sorry. It, I mean, it was cool even yeah. when I was at BU, but like not everybody wore it because it's kind of a school where like athletics don't really matter. You know, it's, you know, you have hockey and- that right. sort of thing but that's really it like you don't have like a giant football stadium where everybody's right. like sports tailgate ah. what year did you graduate 2015 okay i was a sophomore in high school years ago hmm? a whole last decade <laughs> technically really oh uh, yeah that's a long time i, I, I mean that's i doubt just, it was it's... that radically different but i mean it, it the but first thing i noticed was there there aren't that many i mean too many people are wearing non-jeans like you know, a step above jeans or higher. And what is a peacoat? That was like my two like, <laughs> aesthetic observations. I was like, oh my God, I've never even seen that clothing item except for like in that one movie from the eighties. And all of a sudden, like half the men that I walk past are like wearing them. I don't understand. Interesting. So. I mean, I feel like now I just like fashion in general. I feel like jeans are kind of in because like obviously like early 2000s style are in. I mean, like I always yeah. wear jeans. Like I'm not, like I, I like can't wear sweatpants like going like to actually do things. Like I can't wear comfortable pants if I'm like. You're part of the things. problem. You're part well, no, of the just problem. Because, like I can't focus. Like I'm too comfortable. Yeah, so, like, you've been I can't conditioned. Focus. You've been conditioned. Well, like even like leggings, a... I'm like I just I don't like it. Like jeans, like I mean I pretty much only wear jeans or like I guess not khakis, just like other pants. But like I do Are... wear jeans like most of the time. But like I don't even like stretchy jeans. Like they have to be like a hundred percent cotton, like very stiff denim. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, I, I'm kind of at that point now where like, if I'm not wearing a certain kind of pant when I'm outdoors, I feel wrong or I feel a certain way. And yeah, um, I think we're all kind of in that in some way. But were there any people or are there any men that you know that like wear suits every single day because they choose to at BU? No, that's like, like the calm. I mean, one in calm. I mean, okay. At BU, I feel like I, I really don't know that many people, but like calm now, like the calm boys are like soft boys. You I think they're like always they're, soft like, boys. They're very soft film boys. So like, yeah. I feel like that's not really the suit and kind of energy. I guess maybe like the people in Questrom, I don't really know them. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I Questrom was always like, they were just kind of presenting every single day anyway. So right. it felt like they had to dress up. But I knew a guy who was an English major named Grant, which I think is fitting, but that he wore a suit every major. single day. And then there was a guy named Thomas who was in Shaw who wore a suit every single fucking day. It's like- I respect it. it. <laughs> It, like that, that, there's a problem with that to me because that suit costs like my family's monthly budget growing up. Like that, yeah. that's like a, a strong class statement to me. Like me going into school, I had like three different outfits, all like one of which was jeans. And then I had like right. my sweats and like but my like, athletic what you gear. Think, you think it could cost a lot of money, but like you could also get a suit that does not cost a lot of money. Like you could get a suit at the thrift store if you really wanted to. And that's what I ended up having to do whenever I was applying to things. But like these guys had suits, like these were like Armani, like they were some Italian like designer brand. And I, I was, I know that now because looking back, like 
you know, my friends would explain those things to me and I'd be like, that's all meaningless gibberish. But now I think about it like, holy shit, that person was just like so rich their entire time at BU. I'm just like trying to preserve that like level of class, which is- It is crazy. Like how many people like have like Canada goose jackets? Like when you're like in class and like seven out of 10 people have a thousand dollar coat, you're just kind of like, (laughs) oh, like maybe I do not fit in here. That's how Um, I felt every single day. But to me, I'm kind of just like, I mean, like, does that really bother? I mean- I guess I don't mind like not fitting in with that vibe of like oh like yeah I don't have a thousand dollar jacket like I like I pro- like I don't think I want a thousand dollar jacket like I don't like is a thousand dollars is like that where like you know how with stuff like sometimes when you buy something that's more expensive like right it's supposed to be better quality but then what is the line of it's just more expensive but the quality cannot get better yeah I mean that's I the know. question is it's not even the jacket itself it's the mindset of like class difference which isn't something right. that's like intentional it's just that these people grew up a radically different way from how i grew up like i don't know a lot of them probably had parents that were together in like a two-story home or more whereas i grew up in like you know three room homes with one parent all my life and that just you know that that's like a, a pretty high level of life myself compared to like i used to work at community colleges and like every single one of those kids lived in like you know a one bedroom home with like one parent and 10 siblings it's like there's just such a radical level of like difference in class and what that ultimately means for like approaching education between students and at BU it was like me meeting rich kids and then after as soon as I graduated I started meeting like kids that were even poorer than I was trying to encounter school and just like you know being poor is like only one level of the the weird cognitive dissonance that you can encounter at a school like there are many different levels of inequality that go into education but Right. Like, honestly, like, even now with, like, coronavirus, right? Like, I'm supposed to be a senior. Like, I'm supposed to be graduating this year. But I was like, I'm, like, I took the year off of school because, like, I was like, I don't want to do senior year online. And also to me, like, right, like, obviously BU was so expensive. And I was like, I, like, don't think, like, I can't spend this money on something that, like, I don't think I would actually, like, be learning what I need to learn, like, getting the value of, like, what I'm paying. So I was just like, I'm like, I, like, I can't go, like, you know, I'm not going to, like, I can't go to grad school, like, all this other stuff, like, I, like, I don't have the money for that, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, really interesting to me, because, like, obviously, like, you can't say, like, oh, like, online Zoom classes, it's the same value of, like, being in school, like, oh, no, actually sure. being in school, like, it's definitely like, not, so course. it's, like, it's so interesting to me to see, like, how many people that I know, like, at BU, like, at people that go to other private schools, that they just, like, went back to school, like, no question, like, they're, like, oh, like, whatever, it's just, like, do you not realize, like, how, like, what you're spending for, like, what you're getting, it's just, I don't know. I've like also found that there are like very few people that I've like even in high school like I like I went to Catholic school so like I went to private school so like yes that's already privileged but like I found like oh yeah like the kids who are in like upper middle class people or like people who are like upper class like whatever like I was never friends with them and it's not just like oh like they don't want to be friends with me it's just like I feel like the vibes just like don't match like even in college I feel like it's like the same where it's just like I'm just having to not be friends with like these upper middle class, like upper class, whatever these rich kids. Cause it's just like, I feel like our energies like just don't match. Like we just don't have, it's like not even that they're bad people. Like I think there's lots of them that are very nice, but it's just like, I don't know. Like there's just so many like different like nuances just about life that's just like how you think about things, like how you interact with whatever. That's just like, it's so different. Like you can't, you know, you can't explain it. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I felt. I think you're hitting the nail on the head, as they say. At the end of the day, that shit goes through life though. Like that's how business goes too. Like people of similar classes work with people of similar classes unless forced to do otherwise and 
I saw that like evincing itself when I was a student because kids that have money and like have a place to go can do, you know, unpaid internships and they have no problem right. just like taking a whole semester doing an unpaid internship and like not even earning credits in some cases. And I was like, bruh, I had to like get basically a full scholarship and work half my time at BU just to like not be able to not finish in order to like finish school. I had to be doing that. right. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm working so hard. Like I have my 30 hour a week internship and like I have this this other thing that I'm doing and like my extracurriculars and I'm writing for this newspaper. And I'm like, fuck you. Like you're not making any money doing that. You're choosing to do all that because you have the like the safety net of your family and whatever right. funds they've built up for you. And I, I don't like actually say fuck you for those reasons. But like, you know, a lot of the time that's the vibe that I would get from the people that we're describing is like they they're they're working so hard and they really are but yeah. like they don't have any like you know psychological insecurity in the back of their head that says if this goes wrong like it's over for me like if i'm not making money the next 6 months of my life it's over for me like that's how right. that's something that i've felt at many junctures of my life yeah like i feel like for me like i don't like like i wouldn't like right like in college most I guess like like most of my time at BU like I have had a job and but I don't know because like I like think to myself I'm like oh like I don't want to do an unpaid internship because realistically it's like if I have to work like 12 hours a week whatever like not even that much my parents are just like you know you just have to like pay for your own groceries like we'll we'll pay for your other stuff so obviously like I am still in like a place of oh, so much privilege obviously mm-hmm. like I know that you know but it was kind of just like I would like feel bad like oh like if now I'm going to take an unpaid internship so like I can't have another job it's like, I don't want to then like ask my parents for like more money. It's like, would they figure out how to give it to me? Like, oh, like they don't have like, you know, endless money to just be like, oh yeah, yeah, here, whatever, take it. Like, would they figure out probably like how, you know, they'd be like, yeah, like whatever, even though like, it's not like, you know, that like easy. But so I guess like, that's also just like a different mindset too, which is like, I don't want, like, yeah, I know like if I had to fall back, like if obviously like they wouldn't let me like starve. You yeah. Know? I mean, no, that's, that's just a part of this. Like, there's just so many right. different layers of it. And what we're talking about at the core, I think, here is like how we get along with other people at the school that we go or went to. It's like coming into a college is just, I don't know, for me, it was the biggest eye opener of my life. It's like, wow, people are not like me. I mean, I grew up a very shitty person, like just hateful in every way. And all of a sudden I got to a school where like, you know, people that weren't straight men, straight white men were like accomplishing big things. And I was like, wow, like I need to rethink how I address other people and how I speak and everything it's just and that that's hard like that makes it hard to you know be friends with people in your in your dorm like right away when all of a sudden like you're just kind of like a shitty redneck it's like that that doesn't make it that doesn't facilitate friend making when your friends are all like from you know the Hamptons I do think this is an interesting thing but on this note I think we should take our first music break I will ask you the second question that I asked you um, so I asked you what song, you know, best represents your life. And the song you said, you said was Lost Ages by St. Vincent. Lost Ages, yeah. Um, I, it's a, I think it's a, the lyrics are pretty, they're somewhat ambiguous, but for me, they're pretty straightforward. Just, I think St. Vincent is an artist that I've always liked a lot. Well, not always, but for the last like five years, I'd say probably my all time fave for those five years. And you know, when you identify closely with an artist or you like an artist, the lyrics just like tend to, you know, make more sense to you than they might to somebody else. But that's my long way of saying that I feel like that song, the lyrics are about just like somewhat of what we've described in Los Angeles already, how, you know, there's influences everywhere and there's people doing crazy huge things. There's film, there's, you know, all the stars, it's Hollywood, whatever, you know, this the glitz and glamour. And 
like I've always sort of had a dream of like accomplishing and doing those things. And like I studied film and, you know, I did some comedy stuff in college and like thought about it a lot. Like what if I was, you know, an actor or a model or something like that. And I, I still think about it like all the time. I'm just like that. It just feels like that would be so easy to do. Like if I was, if I was already in it, it feels like that would be easy to do because, you know, all the things that come with those things are, it, it, it seems fun and it seems there's like a term that I'm looking for here, but it, it feels like, you know, the more you progress, the easier it becomes to yeah. survive. And I know that's not true. It's, it's kind of like, you know, to it's easier to make money when you have money. It's easier to like be famous when you're already famous because, you know, you have a following, you can get feedback, you can adapt and that sort of thing. Um, and this is what we talked about at the beginning as well. But at the end of the day, like I, I like comedy and I like, um, you know, comedy shows, movies, that sort of thing. I'd love to be, you know, in comedy in some capacity. And I feel like that's the only place where I can actually see myself like being happy is if I was a, like a successful comedian. Ironically, I don't think I'm that funny. Here, so like, let's come back to this in a second. I, I just want to do the, do the music break and then we will talk about this. But anyway, sorry. So my song was, um, let me look up the artist's name because I don't remember her name. Um, it's I Think I Want to Be Alone by Maisie it really you know expresses itself where I do I do like to be alone sometimes you know my mom in the beginning of the pandemic I was just like talking about like oh like this really sucks like you know we have to stay home I mean I've stayed home literally since March but like we have to stay home we can't go anywhere can't see anyone she was just like Michelle like you have I don't like to talk to anyone disease anyways and I was like you're right so this probably isn't gonna be that hard for me and like well I'm like yeah I would like to go do stuff but then I'm also kind of like oh you know I'm like I'm kind of okay here um so yeah but i guess are, i did get a cat for me to respond to this i no i wasn't sure are you no <laughs> are you doing a bit that you just do no that wasn't a bit was did it sound like a bit no i mean it, it's a part of the podcast though right it's like a segment oh this yeah 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 like a bit of the party right correct i thought you meant as in a bit as am i doing a joke oh no i like a, yeah. a segment <laughs> um you know I feel oh, like, so anyways, guys, so let me know, listen to these songs and then tweet me at bad personality, bad with two B's on Twitter. Let me know if you think we have similar vibes. So, right. Like you want to work in film, like you want to work in comedy, right? You know, like, obviously like there's like a lot of people, you know, like that, like my sister, she's like a film, like she was a film, she's a film degree also, like she went to NYU, right? Like also what she wants to do. And I mean, like lots of people like that, right. You know, but I'm kind of in the camp where I don't want to see like I'm sorry you know this is probably gonna hurt your feelings I don't want to ruin your dreams I don't think I could ruin your dreams anyways because you know like I'm like some 21 year old girl say. in a basement <laughs> I don't want to see more white, white male men Canadians. yeah I, I don't want to see more white man movies I don't want to see more white man directors I don't care I don't care about white man stories anymore I don't I'm either I'm not sorry, and that's but. that's why I'm not doing this shit like that is literally what I've explain to all my influencer friends for the past three years of my life they're always like dude you're fucking hot like you're tall you know how to do this shit you can go out and do it and i i agree with you 100 i'm so sick of judd apatow and like all of his fucking comedy movies i'm so sick of chris D'Elia, who's like been canceled and shit like i don't like that stuff anymore it is not funny i'm sick of it and i like at the end of the day you know i i can be different from them but i I'm still a white guy and like, I can't do anything that's radically, you know, a new perspective. And that's what I'm interested in anyway. So at right. the end of the day, that's, that's why this song kind of speaks to me is like, I, I, I think a lot about what Los Angeles represents and like Hollywood and all that stuff, but, and like what the steps would be that like to get me there. And then I just do nothing about it. 
like I actively do nothing and I interesting. push myself so away like, from that. I mean, I think that's like a pretty interesting perspective because I guess like most people in the situation, right? Like they would still be like, you know, like I'm different, whatever, like it's my dream, you know, but I guess you like you realize like even though it's your dream, it's just it's not it's not necessary, you know, like I want to say is like I feel like most people would be like they're into like, you know, self-preservation, like me first, like whatever. It's like, yeah, oh, like I want you know, more, like, I want, whatever, like, Hollywood, for example, I want Hollywood to be more diverse, but, you know, I'm a white guy, and I still want to be a famous actor, you know, yeah, so it's like, oh, but, like, world. why do you want to take up the space then? So I think yeah, that's no. interesting that that's um not the perspective you have. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. I mean, it's, I don't know, a lot of people that even claim to be, you know, woke and in support of diversification and justice and equality and equity, they, that's secondary to them. Like, at the end of the day, they don't really care about that as much as they do their own achievements. And like, I'm like, you can say self preservation, but like my privilege carries me far enough. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of my life, I'm not going to have much of a problem, like getting paid well and having a job, like almost exclusively because of who I am and what I represent and right. not exclusively, but like, you know, I, the things that I've done as well to some extent, but I'm not, you know, I, I don't need to be famous to preserve myself. I, sometimes I feel like if I don't do that, I'll never be like fully happy because I'm not the world's funniest man or something like that. But I know that's a bunch of bullshit. And like everybody has dreams and very few of them achieve those dreams unless your dreams are small and lame, which is lame to start. So right. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, still does that might... make you like kind of sad though? That you're oh, yeah, kind of like, I'm, oh, like I'm I want like... this dream, but like it's not, yeah, it's I'm not like, what the world needs. I'm horrifically depressed. Like I'm a sad, anxious person at the end of the day. That's how I introduce myself on this podcast. I hope that you don't true. edit that out. I'm sad and lonely. Like that's, but at the end of the day, that like, I kind of accept that reality too, because like, oh, poor white guy. <laughs> He's sad yeah. and lonely. Guess who's not being like criminalized because of the color of my skin every day? Not me. So I'll take the depression and I'll roll with it, you know? I mean, you could still be not depressed. Like, I mean, I'm like also a depressed person, right? You know, why else would I have a podcast? But like, yeah, like, you know, fuck white men, you know, all like, you know, I like to say, you know, all men are trash, especially white men. There's like, I've never met a white man that like doesn't disappoint me. But like, you you shouldn't, like, I, I don't want you to be depressed. Like, you seem okay. Like, other like other white men, like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't want anyone to be depressed. But like, I really, don't, you don't really, want like you the know? worst of them to be depressed. I want them all to be depressed. I wish, I mean, sadly, none of them are as depressed as I am, apparently. I mean, that's not true, obviously. But I just honestly, like, I can't, I'm, like, I don't know if that's just like my level of depression or if that's just like what society just feels like. I like cannot imagine anyone not being depressed. Like, are there people that just like wake up every day and they're just like, like, I know they're not just like happy all the time, but they just like, I just don't know what not being depressed would be like. Like, I don't believe that there are people that are not depressed. Um, To any of my listeners, if you could tweet at me, tweet me at bad personality, bad with two Bs on Twitter. Let me know if you're not depressed. Like you're genuinely not depressed. Like you do not have depression. You have the adequate amount of serotonin in your brain. Please let me know. I want, I want, I would like to interview you. I feel like you're going to get a lot of people saying, you just have to go for it every day. Let life itself you be your be source happy. of happiness. <laughs> like I, or they'll tell you to do yoga and meditate and exercise. And like, like I you do should all get a hobby. Yeah. Like I, I have done all those things all my life. Like those are all things about me that I value. Like I have my hobbies and I'm happy and I exercise in those ways. But like that doesn't change the fact that the world has issues large enough that are like catastrophic that most people are ignoring. Like that is a source of depression for me. In my opinion, the world is, you know, the world is whatever you can say it's good or it's bad, but there's enough people that are actively ignoring the issues that they themselves could help to fix 
that that makes me depressed. Like again, yeah. you know, looking at the news the last few weeks, as well as just the last four years and like looking at any other institution or facet of society, there's enough people that are actively causing trouble for other people in this world and ignoring it that that makes me depressed. End of story. Like, I don't care how good my life is, that is going to make me depressed. Right. I don't know what makes me depressed. Everything. But I do have a funny story that does talk about, you know, um, this idea of that mental illness, you can just like, you know, you can will, you can will it away. Right. So like, I have ADHD. I've talked about it a couple times on the podcast for any of my listeners, if you remember. Like, it's like, it's like pretty bad. You know, I've like had in my whole life, m- most of my life though, like my mom like didn't believe it. Right. Because like ADHD and girls it, and women too, like it is very underdiagnosed because like they don't have like these you know the those like typical oh, like bouncing off the walls like can't sit down like doesn't shut up like fidgeting whatever like women girls like don't usually have those symptoms so like my mom was like you know you can sit down like you're fine so anyways so like whatever so I got I started taking medicine or I got like diagnosed when I was like 16 I didn't really start taking medicine until I was like junior year of college so like pretty much last year and where was I going with the story right and I lose my train of thought all the time <laughs> but no so one time I was Rolling I went on a hinge date issues. with this guy um he was also a BU comm grad and he was saying that he is becoming a life coach I think he wants to be a life coach oh god <laughs> So I was just like, okay, like, fine. Like, you know, life coach me, like, give me some advice. Like, oh, don't do that. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And then he was just like saying, I was like, yeah, like I have ADHD. Like it makes like, you know, focusing on stuff like hard. And like, I like, I was like, oh, like I take medicine, whatever. And he was kind of just like, he's like, yeah, I used to take, you know, Adderall, but then I just, I told myself I didn't need it anymore. And I was fine. And like, he's like, you should just like put your phone in a different room when you're like trying to do homework and then you're cured. And I was like, wow, no, like, I, like, I don't think, I don't think that's it. He's like, yeah, just like, it's just so much worse. Just being like Adderall dependent, you know, like being dependent on like a stimulant, whatever, like something like that. And it was really stupid he was just like put your phone in another room you shouldn't take medicine that like helps you and I'm kind of just like imagine telling someone with diabetes like you shouldn't use you shouldn't be dependent on insulin you should just you just do without it I mean you know the American healthcare system does do that the equivalent argument would be find a way to remove yourself from you know foods that in whatever you know cause diabetic issues like they would say you know what is it put the candy in a hard to reach place or something along those lines like that's the sort of thing that they say what I'm trying to say is that if I had a dime for every single time somebody suggested like a physical solution to a like a mental problem like that I'd have a trillion dollars like I've I feel you I've heard those I, mean, a million I would not times. feel like I wouldn't be depressed anymore right if yeah I got that. yeah yeah it's I mean just... I agree um I mean maybe exercising would help me I do not exercise along with thinking books are stupid I um I think exercising is stupid I agree but I do it <laughs> I think they're yeah, both stupid like and I do it. both those things right. But on that note, let me ask you your second music question. And then I will ask you your final question. What's just like the weirdest song, you know, like you have in your rotation, you have in your playlist, you have in your phone. Um, so the song I said was The Ballad of Harambe by Candid. It's just like, obviously like Harambe is such a dead meme, you know, I mean, RIP. So like it's such, it's been a dead meme for like five years, but it's just, whip, it's a, it's a good Harambe. song, honestly. It is, it's kind of a bop. That's all I really have to say about it. And um, the song out. you said was, I just karate shit my pants by memory of elephants, which I listened to it and it's oh, just instrumental, correct? Yeah, it's instrumental. <laughs> I was like hoping for like cool lyrics, at least that like would explain this, but like no, like the guy was just like, haha, this is a funny name, and it's now marked as an explicit song. <laughs> like that's yeah. just stupid advertising. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. No, that's that's kind of the point. I think that's why it's like I mean, honestly, most of the music that I listen to is fucking weird by like most people's standards, I think. Um, but 
I chose that one because I think that's just such a funny name. I just karate shit my pants. I just think that's so funny. It just, it rolls off the tongue in such a way. Um, but it also reflects like the main genre of music that I listen to, which is just like weird indie rock under the labels of math rock and post rock and prog rock. Math rock, yeah. Um, I understand, yeah. Yeah, I so. Like math rock. <laughs> I love it. It's, it, but it's also instrumental. Like most of the shit that I listen to is instrumental and it's um, just like, like really obnoxious guitar. Like I know it's uh, not the way you were just, no. At one really. point you love Death Grips though. No, I, I actually listened to them like a good amount last week for some reason. And I was just like, I cannot stand half of this. Like I, when I didn't even realize they put out a whole like double album where they just sampled Bjork. I'm, I'm obsessed with Bjork. <laughs> and they like, they just destroyed Bjork. I was like, it's, doesn't sound like Bjork I mean I, I'm sure it had its own artistic value but I was hoping it would be like more Bjork than it was and I was just like no this isn't it I don't like it um so I I mean I liked like two of their songs for a while and that was it but yeah I just like I like instrumental stuff that's uh the drummer from that band though Zach Hill and he's sort of drummer um he is involved with plenty of bands that I really really like and uh, from Death Grips and that's a good example. He has this band called Hella that's just him and a guitarist like fucking destroying their instruments every song. They're a pretty good example of like what I kind of listen to. Mm-hmm. I know, I know the sound. I, I just don't like math rock because it just like, it doesn't make sense to me. But I guess obviously that's the point. But to me, yeah. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what, what is going on? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm a... I'm a drummer and I uh, yeah, I played a lot of like, you know, simple funk and jazz rock songs in high school. And I was always like, I want to do something harder than this. And like, I discovered, you know, awkward time signatures, which is what math rock does. So I kind of just got yeah. into it from there. Anyway, so to wrap this up. So like I said in the beginning, the point of my podcast is for me to figure out if I have a bad personality because I've just had so many awful experiences with men. As I think you have realized, I've said it a couple of times. I just, you know, I hate men, but I've because I've had bad experiences with them. So I wanted to know if maybe it's me, maybe I just have a bad personality. So if you could tell me, do I have a bad personality? Like critique me a little bit, insult me. Um, I don't, I don't think you have a bad personality. <laughs> I think it, we've, we've made it pretty clear that we're on the same page uh, about men being trash on this podcast. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that I think, I don't know, you're not doing anything wrong. You know, it's not like, I can sit here and like life coach you. Like I'm obviously not going to play that card. But just critique um, me, you know, like what's bad about my personality? Like what, insult me. Your personality? Or not just me. I you think know, personality like, is me. a myth actually. Um, do you, so this is a podcast, you know, like this is, this is a vocal medium. I think you got to be a little bit more enthusiastic and lively and like <laughs> dynamic, you know? Yeah, no, it's just my voice. This is how, this is just my you, voice. But like you gotta, monotone. you gotta just like, Welcome to the show. You know, you just got to fucking do it. You just got to like pretend. Most people that hear this podcast, once it gets big, as I'm sure it will, are not even going to know who you are. And if you like, they're not going to be like, ooh, she's faking it. They're going to be like, that's how she sounds, you know? No, but like, I, like, I can't fake it. Like this, like me be like, you're saying like, oh, like I'm monotone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I know, like I get that all the time. Like I know, but the thing is like in my head, I do not hear me being monotone. So it's like, even if I like try, like it's still like it still sounds <laughs> the you, same then you got to try harder that's all i can say i mean but shit. That is just, you, you yeah, can record yourself voice. right like you you can listen yeah. to your own podcast you just you can yeah. just do a quick bit and then play it back and be like that sounds the same and then move on like yeah. i i've been on like i was you know i've been on tv and in audio productions forever and i like i don't have a very exciting voice 
that's one thing about me that's just like that's true i don't hate my voice but i know it's not like a special voice and it used to be worse i used to be like unable to go like above or below a certain register and now i'm like i don't give a shit with that sound like you just gotta fucking you know just yeah. fake it i fake just it i don't think i have it. those i like i don't have those vocal cords i think you do i i really don't think i do like um i've tried to learn chinese like multiple times in my life and i cannot do it because chinese is such a tonal language and like i like i can't make the tones it just it all comes out the same i just it is um i have thought about it it does you know sometimes i listen back to the podcast i'm like wow i have a very boring voice so if you know any of my listeners if you have listened this far thank you for listening although i have a very boring voice but you know maybe i have like an asmr kind of voice you know that's possible yeah i think i have i could have like an npr kind of voice you know like oh, except my voice a little yeah. squeaky so no, I, I think you're right about that, though. NPR voice for sure, actually. Now that yeah. you say it at the very end, I I see that. Yeah, so, you know. I, like I, I don't say, know, maybe, maybe you radio, can invest in that, radio. too. You Maybe just like investing in boobies, you can invest in vocal cords. I don't know. That's like. Can I buy vocal cords? Well, like a voice coach or something oh. that just like forces it out of you, you know. Eh, you know, whatever. Uh, it's got me this far. I think people think it's kind of funny. It's, it's just like a part of, it's a part of the persona, you know, just to have a monotone voice and then ramble and then kind of, you know, like talk really fast and just like debate myself, you know, like why change it? But yeah, that was yeah, a good, it was a good critique, but I'd like another critique. At you know, the end of the day, is, you should be seeking truth. And guess what? I'm, I'm going to hit you with the cold, hard truth, which you already know. It's that men are trash. You're right. I'm perfect. You're I, do, I don't need to change anything about me because I am perfect. And men just need to know what you can change. You're fucking, yeah, you can change your expectations of men. You can, you can change how you behave and how you feel. You can say, oh, I no longer am irked by sexism and, you know, fucking condescension and diminutive language and just live your life that way. And, you know, just you can suck. You're right. You can be as bad as the men themselves, or you can accept the truth and just, you know, wait it out until you stop having the bad experiences. You, you know, you are right. Yeah. I mean, maybe I just end the pod, like no more podcasts after this, guys. I think we figured out, I don't have a bad personality. It is, it's men.